the Reggie Bannister on the fishbowl. Welcome. That would be me. That would be and you. And I thank you. And it's good to be in the. Oh no, I mean on the fishbowl. On the fishbowl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I swim very well, though. I, I really do. So I can hey, be that's in my the fishbowl. Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> um, uh, what I usually like to ask my guests is: um, first question is, uh, first two questions, I should say, are. What are some of your favorite films, and what got you interested in film? Oh, uh, well, okay, I've been interested, uh, I'll go backwards, <laughs> I've been interested in film since I was a little kid. Uh, film, entertainment, really, I, I'm an actor and a musician. Uh, I've always loved singing, and, uh, and I uh, started singing uh, at a very early age, yeah, by... Uh, there's a story, I won't get totally into it, but there was a celebrity appearing at a, a, a store opening when I was three. And, uh, well, his name was Walkin' Charlie Aldrich. He had a TV show, he dressed like a cowboy. Anyway, he was there, and uh, I was standing there watching him. He was doing this, his shtick, you know, for the audience that was in the store at the opening. And uh, he looked down at me and he said, well, what do you do, little boy? Or and he said, what's your name, little boy? I said, Reggie. And he, he said, well, what do you do, Reggie? And I said, I sing. And he said, well, would you sing for us? I said, yeah. And so he picked me up and put me on the counter, this glass counter. I think there was jewelry underneath me or something. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, what are you going to sing? And I said, I'm going to sing, if I'd have known you was coming, I'd have baked a cake. And he said, oh, okay. And so I did. I sang it. If I'd have known you was coming, I'd have baked a cake. Anyway, so that was like kind of a start of, you know, doing it in front of people. Uh, and then just progressed from there. I, I you know, in school, uh, from all the way from elementary school through, uh, you know, college, obviously. Uh, they had little theater arts programs. They don't do that now, but that's too bad. But Right. Uh, but they did then, and uh, the result was I just kind of never stopped from that day in the, in the store with Walking Charlie Aldrich. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, what are some of your favorite films? Oh, uh, favorite films? Uh, uh, well, in terms... In, in, well, I have, there's a broad spectrum. Uh, I, when I saw uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life... I, that was like that just smacked me, you know, and of course that always happened around Christmas and stuff. But then on the on the darker side of it, uh, when I saw Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that that really nailed me. That's that's such a great film because it, it's so inside, you know. Right. It's like it's like some sort of entity is taking people over. You right. Know? And not, not to mention the deeper-seated message with what was behind the, the original um, yeah. invasion of the body snatchers oh. with communism oh, and yeah. all that. I mean, it was it was a like a it was a film that had like it, it was a sci-fi film that was kind of the first of its kind that was like speaking to political issues going on that were yeah. relevant at the time and taking those ideas and yeah. putting them into a, a science fiction film that plays on our fears and it's genius it, it was genius and uh, Kevin McCarthy was right fantastic and uh, right so yeah I, I fell in love with that and uh, that probably I don't know if that started me on the road to horror necessarily because the first two films that I did with Don Coscarelli 
uh, were his first two films as well. And, uh, he had seen me do something, uh, play at Long Beach City College in, in California. And uh, he just happened to be in the audience. And he liked my performances. And because uh, uh, there was four one-act plays or five, I can't remember. And there was, there was one where I, I played a gay guy. Uh, and I, I answer this uh, advertisement for a roommate. And I go to this guy's house. And I, st I end up in... The, it's a, a comedy, obviously. And I end up uh, prancing around in uh, pink panties on the stage. Well, somehow Don... Like that. <laughs> well, like I said, it was very funny. And uh, then we—he called me up one day, or Paul Pepperman, uh, his, his producer, called me up and and said, uh, "Yeah, we'd like you to do this film." And it was going to be—it was Jim, the world's greatest. And so I was used to doing uh, college films for nothing because you know. Everybody had a camera and theater arts right. and stuff. And, yeah, I want to do a film. Yeah, it's just a five-minute film, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I go, sure, man, I'll do it, you know, and for nothing, you know. And, and so I'm talking to Paul Pepperman uh, in, uh, on a Sunday morning or something. He woke me up. And uh, uh, he says, well, you know, we're going to shoot this film. I said, oh, okay, well, uh, can, you, can you feed me? He goes, feed you? I go, I go, yeah, I like lunch or something. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 we're going to pay you. I went, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, no, we're going to pay you. I go, well, when do, where do I have to go? He goes, don't worry about it, we'll pick you up. And so they picked me up and we went out and shot, uh, I shot a scene with Gregory Harrison. I played uh, O.D. Silingsley. <laughs> I was a hang glider pilot. And I was just—it was—he was a great, crazy character, and uh, I, Don, let me pretty much jam him out, you know, and fill him out, and, uh, like he always does. Right. And uh, so that was my first film with Don. My second film was Kenny and Company with uh, Michael Baldwin. I played his teacher, and uh, then the third one was fantastic. You know, um, I, I just graduated last year from Point Park here in Pittsburgh for screenwriting. Oh, wow, great. And, uh, Congratulations. Thank you so much. And uh, my, my senior thesis project was uh, a script called Skinwalker. And um, I can't tell you how much of the tall man was an influence for my antagonist. Um, you know, the, the dialogue just... You know, is, is a tribute to the Phantasm movies and just reimagined with a much, you know, darker, darker antagonist that, you know, is, um, is there just to wreak havoc, you know, and the Phantasm movies have just been, you know, a huge, huge influence on my writing, Don's writing, directing style, you know, I just, I, I love those films so much. And um, I'm happy to say that I, I pre-ordered the uh, special box box set that they're coming out with on Blu-ray with all five. Good. And I I, I saw Phantasm Ravager, and I have to say I I loved it. I loved it. It was like the Phantasm movie that I was waiting for for a long time, like Phantasm on a big budget. You know, and that scene not not to ruin anything, but the scene where the giant you know sphere just laser dust the uh right um the the skyscraper i mean that was that scene was 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 ridiculous and 
you know, I, I loved, I just love seeing, you know, a Phantasm movie that we've all been waiting for. And I also like how it ended, where it was on like a bad note. You know, it was like everything that this, the characters have gone through together in the series leading up to the fifth film was all leading up to this, this apocalypse, you know, that they can't stop, they're just a part of. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a heavy film. Yeah. It really is. And, uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. It's, uh, I think, the heaviest film of, of all of them. Uh, you know, the, you look at the first film, and if you've never seen it before, and it just, it, it's like a slap in the, or a smash in the face. Right. It really is. Right. Because uh, Don has a way of making the characters just real, like every man's man, every woman's woman, every, right. you know, uh, every kid's kid. Uh, it's just it's amazing stuff and so uh, no, no matter who you are uh, you find a character that you can really just buy into and become one with or maybe more than one right and uh, and so yeah in, in that way it's just it's such a great great series because then once once you once you're in there and you're, you're one of those people you, your, your world becomes phantasm around you, you know? right and and you, you see that anything is possible. Everything is possible. Reality could change just like that. Right. And I think to, today, this era right now is a pretty good example yeah, definitely. of that because uh, the world has changed just like that. Right. I won't get into it exactly, right. but I think people that hear this will know what I mean. <laughs> I, I am one of them. So, you know, I, 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 I've, I've seen it. I mean, I'm, I'm an 80s kid. You know, yeah. I was born in 88, it's at the tail end, but I'm still an 80s kid. Yeah. And I like to think that I, I grew, I, I was born in the perfect part of the 80s because, you know, you were there to rewatch all the awesome stuff that came out in the 80s up until 88. And then you're there to grow up with the, the 90s and everything that that has to offer. And, you know, my, one of my, my dad got me you know, started on horror and sci-fi. Um, it all started when he showed me my first R-rated movie at five years old, which was Total Recall, and um, I haven't looked back. And uh, you know, like like all the movies that he showed me, I, I I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for my dad, you know, getting me into it. And um, you know, all the films that he felt was like necessary to teach me, you know, about this this stuff called horror and science fiction action, you know, drama, all of it, you know, like, I, I, I had to absorb as much of it as I could, because, you know, there's something about movies, whether it be horror movies, sci-fi movies, action movies, drama movies, there's something about the, the entertainment of film that just draws, you know, an audience participant in and takes them on a ride for an hour and a half to two and a half hours that lets them escape from the like reality that we're in now and into a world that is limitless it, it really is uh, I, I yeah I have to you, you were verging on saying it's educational right. and, <laughs> and I would have to agree with you on that absolutely uh, because it, it it allows a person to see things that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to experience and if it's really good 
they experience it like they're involved in it, like they're in it, like it's happening to them. And they take it away with them. And they tuck it in their gourd, <laughs> their brain. And and uh, uh, and it becomes, you know, they, they draw, they can draw from these different personality traits that they, they get when they see it on screen, working itself out through a character. And that's what theater is really all about, man. That's why Shakespeare, that's what he did. You right, know, right. You, you watch uh, King Lear, you know, on right. stage or any of Shakespeare's stuff. And that's exactly what he did. And that's what actors want to do. That's what they should want to do is become this character that they're not, but they, they draw from the, the sphere of humanity. Right. Because <laughs> it's all up there. Right. There's no Nothing new under the sun. Remember that right, one? Right, right. Uh, and all you got to do is locate it and, and get into it and just take it on, like put it on like a mask or a mantle and go do it. Go up on stage, go in front of a camera, do it. Right. As a screenwriter, just write. Just or keep, just write. Just keep writing. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. As, as a director, just keep making movies. You know? Just keep doing it. Just find, find your nick in, in the entertainment industry and just relentlessly pursue it. I find the spiritual in the farthest out places like Nike commercials when they came out with Just Do It. Right, right. Oh, man. I was so glad they did that because I I still go, just do it, man. Right, right. Do it, girl. <laughs> you, you want, you, they, people tell me, I talk to a lot of people at the shows and stuff, which is one of the reasons why I do it. Uh, and because uh, it's just a sea of humanity, as you know. Right. And, and so I see everybody... I see all the personalities. I see them all. And I take them in as an actor. Oh, my God, I can just put them on. You know? Right. Uh, and like like I was saying, you know, even when I was back in college, I'm prancing around on the stage in the pink panties, you know? <laughs> and and it was it was great. What, did, what happened with that? Oh, I started making movies. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, life is an experience. You just need to go out and experience it. Uh, yeah, get out and do it. That's uh, basically it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I have one, uh, one, well, one last question that I, I, I'm dying to, to know. Don't die. I'll save you. I promise. <laughs> All right. And I, I know my fans are very anxious to know as well. Um, where did the the four barrel shotgun come from? Ah. Uh, uh, oh, geez. Uh, there was a, there was a guy who did props for us. Uh, he had done it in uh, Four Barrel was made in two, two, two. So and he had worked with us. He was working with us in two. And oh man, I know I'm not going to remember his name, but he was a terrific prop guy and went on to become very well known as as a prop master. And uh, I don't know if it was Don that suggested. It. I think it was he that the prop master that suggested something bigger than a. A two girl, and I think Don says it was like, "What could be bigger than a two girl?" And he goes, four. <laughs> <laughs> and Don went, "Yeah, that would be bigger. Uh, can we do that?" <laughs> and he said, "I can do that." You know, and Don again, just do it. <laughs> and so, uh, he, and you saw it. I mean, it worked. Right. I mean. 
and, and the way he had the barrels cut, right? The, the, they're cutting it like a V, right? And and which means, if you know anything about shotgun, yeah. shot, uh, how it you know it goes out and spreads, right? Well, in this case, it goes out and spreads like this, right? So you could have. Hundred minions, right? <laughs> Evil minions it's coming like, at you. I think it was actually Phantasm Three, where yeah. I was like at the beginning. Um, uh, there's the scene where um, it's like the tall man's there and like picking up right after where two left off, uh-huh. and there's all the, the minions like in the tree, and you hear them, and you just look and you take it, and you go. Take a shotgun and just fire, and like they all just drop, <laughs> like like dead birds, you know. It's like that that scene is always like that's why I love Don, you know. Yeah. It's like very imaginative with you know in a certain style of execution with how he wanted those scenes to be shot. He can always find the comedy, yeah. in the, in the heaviest reality, right? Because right. Sometimes horrible things are funny to watch. Right. You know? Right. And and on the subject of the four barrel shotgun, I just recently went to see um, uh, Resident Evil, the last last Resident yeah. Evil film, uh-huh. and it, it's interesting to see you know how traits are reimagined. Uh, Mila Jovovich's character in that film yeah. has a sawed-off three-barrel shotgun. Oh, yeah. Which they obviously took oh, yeah. the idea from, sure. you know, Phantasm. Sure. It was just sure. great to see, like, stuff like that reimagined, you know, and updated for new horror. That's uh, that's what creativeness is all about. Right. You see something that turns you on, you're, you know, you're impressed with it, uh, and then you find yourself in a situation where you're, you're trying to, you know, come up with neat ideas for something, right. a film or whatever, right. uh, even a haunted house, or, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever, and, uh, and, and you, you build, all of a sudden you build something new, and uh, yeah, that shotgun is great, man, the way it breaks open, right. it's got the double triggers, you know, right, you can right. fire one, two at a time, right. or you can fire both at the same time, <laughs> right. and the flames that come out the end are right. incredible, right. Uh, so yeah, right. what a great, what a great weapon. And I also just have to say this, I, I'm working on a, um, a, a screenplay that's uh, t- working title is Hell on Wheels, and it's basically going to be a, a tribute to um, all of the, the horror movies and movies in general yeah. with muscle cars, uh-huh. and I'm specifically using the Plymouth Hemi Guda oh, yeah. um, as, as that's a, sig- a great car. signature car yeah. in the film. What a great and, car. Uh, you know, it's just going to be a tribute to, to all all the classics with, yeah. you know, muscle cars. Yeah, and of course, you know, it's really what's really cool is, uh, I don't know, you watch Supernatural, it's one of my oh, favorite Oh, it's one of my TV favorite shows. And it's it's such a, do they borrow from Phantasm? I just oh, went, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. And do and they have a muscle car? Why, yes, they do. <laughs> right. <laughs> a, that Malibu that's just, you know. Right. And I, I had a Chevy Malibu. 65 I think <laughs> it was badass <laughs> and uh, but listen man uh, it was sure nice yeah, talking to you it's been a pleasure Reggie and, thank uh, you for uh, coming to swim oh, sure. in the bowl with me swim in the bowl <laughs> and uh, yeah keep an eye out for uh, stuff that's going on with Phantasm uh, appearances we're going to be you know running around doing this and and uh, be happy to shake your hand and say hi awesome Reggie, thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure talking with you. Thank you.